0: Welcome to Chemical Friday with Evan Budrovich. I'm Chris Haymeyer. Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud. You can find us in all episodes at all of these places. Just search Camel Call Podcast. There is a lot of awesome stuff going around athletics and everything else with homecoming next weekend. But I want to tell you about a special event we're having this coming Friday at 7 p.m. at the Student Union, our Campbell Basketball School documentary. Really kicks off homecoming weekend. Absolutely free. If you don't know the story, it's a great story, and we put together a a 30-minute look back at an incredible part of this campus's history.
1: COVID was a weird time for many reasons, but in our department, just behind the scenes, we were down to me and you in the department, and we needed some help. So we found Divine Utley, who was living in Raleigh, a Missouri grad. I think that's probably how you found her. Yeah, absolutely. And she comes in pretty new to the whole sports side of things, but loves storytelling, did documentary storytelling at Missouri, was in their documentary film program, and we said, hey, here is this great basketball school that Billy Liggett wrote a tremendous story on, probably four or five years before that, but we've never had the chance to go find these people and meet them in person and, and tell their video side of it, so Divine and yourself and Angelina and Mason Tucker and, and I was at a couple of shoots, like it was sort of a, a, a whole hands on deck, not your multi-million dollar production team, but we made it work. And Divine, to her credit, spent probably a whole semester, yeah. if not six months, grinding out this video. And we haven't had the chance with COVID to really showcase it and develop it. But, I mean, they drove out to Greenville, out to Virginia, yeah. up to Raleigh, went out to some random cities in North Carolina, too, to find these people. And the fact we got to see them in person, you know, Wanda Watkins obviously one of the signature people in the story. But Coach Lee, Coach, um, Coach McGeehan's in it, Coach Fisher, with their modern perspective, and I like, too, that it showcases – and there's so many pictures, right? But the fact that Michael Jordan and there are NBA players up and down. Magic Johnson was on this campus. Yeah. Coach um, UCLA, J- John Wooden was here running the, the camps. Like There were legit college basketball people in this building. You talk to people at NC State at UNC, they know the Campbell basketball camp. That was before the Roy Williams camps. That was before the NC State camps. Like, this was – The premier camp in the late 60s, 70s, and and partially the 80s where every kid said, oh, yeah, I know Campbell because of Carter Gym, or I know Campbell because of the basketball camp. And being able to showcase that in video is going to be awesome.
0: It was amazing because if you don't know the story, it's a great story. And, And Google Campbell Basketball School, you'll see Billy's great article, and this is what propelled us to get this because he did such a deep dive on it and got so much information. But basically... It was the first basketball camp in the world. You have to go all the way back into the 50s. Camps weren't things to learn individual skills in the summer. Everything was about teams. You were on your teams. You got individual lessons, everything like that. So this was the first basketball school in the world, which was an amazing starting point. There were
1: YMCA-type stuff where you go hiking, and but there was never sports camps. Right. right. And then from a basketball standpoint, it was centrally located in the state. They had some nearby high schools that helped partner, because you couldn't host it all here, but they would stay in the dorms. They would eat at the dining halls. There's great pictures of Michael Jordan waiting in line to get food with hundreds of you know yeah. fifth graders all standing around. At the time, was the old dining hall. But like that idea that college basketball coaches, Coach Valvano came here and worked as a coach. Like There are big names. Of course, John Wooden's the biggest, but so many of these players would come back and this was before you would get paid for camp, so it was like, yeah. hey, you come volunteer for a week, and we'll give you a place to stay. I have heard the pickup games at night, and that's touched on in the story, but when the college guys would play at night in Carter Gym, which was a Division One court, some of those neat games were so interesting, because the fifth graders would sit in the stands and watch future NBA guys battle it out, so... That's what makes this really cool.
0: Yeah, the, the pictures of, of who was here on campus, again, the location is what did it because basically, and, and Stan says this early on, if you were an ACC coach or a good ACC player in the 60's, 70s, or 80's, you spent at least a week of your summer here at Campbell Basketball Camp. So the week of home, weekend of homecoming, Friday night, seven o'clock, it's free at the student Union um, at the Student Union theater. It's going to be great. We're going to have kind of a question and answer session about some of the people that were in it, and then uh, Devine's coming back, too, uh, who made the whole thing. So This is an Apple TV.
1: Fun. There's no, like, $9.99
0: purchase fee to watch this film. Just come to the Union, park yep. in the lot, and, and you're all set. Yep, it'll be good, 30 minutes. So we, we hope to see you there. Okay, volleyball this weekend. It is fall break. All of our teams are either off this weekend or out of town. Volleyball back home, though. And this is a huge weekend. Our volleyball team finally returns home Saturday at 1 p.m. It's their Dig it! Dig pink match for cancer. Then they'll play Sunday at 1 p.m. Both matches on Flow Sports. Both matches free admission. If you are not a familiar with volleyball in the CAA, this year the teams play the same team back-to-back on weekends. So you, if you go away, you play them Saturday, Sunday, come back home. Those are your only matches of the week. But Campbell will finally be home for three of the next four weekends, six of their next eight matches. The team is tied for third in the conference and they have split series with three of the best teams in the conference on the road, including Evan, a three-cent win over defending champion Towson on the road last weekend. Evan, what has made this team so tough?
1: One, the conference is bonkers. Seven teams are five and three or better, right? And only six make the playoffs. So first place, six and two. You're out of the playoffs at five and three. just tells you that the parity of this league. And then secondly, and this is to Greg Gorl's credit, we struggled to slow down Towson. They hit 310 in match one Saturday. Match two, we hold them to 150 hit percentage. So you take their offense in half. Getting McKenna, uh, McKenna Shaka back has been huge. Their setter. We talked about her concussion issues. She's been back the last two weeks. The offense is more in rhythm. And then two defensively, they dug out a ton of balls. And this dig for pink sorry, pink dig for cancer. Hard to say that five times fast. Yes. Night will be amazing because. This weekend, Charleston and Campbell are ranked first and second in digs, which means the fewest amount of balls that hit the court. They keep balls up. They keep it in play. You have to work hard to score. This could be one of those slugfest 15 to 13 five-set matches type of thing where you're going deep into the fifth or into the fourth. Both are defensive-minded. Campbell's strength this year has been its, its ability to dig shots, have a good presence at the net. And then Gwen Wolko, a sophomore who was all Big South freshman last year, she's getting better on the outside. Very inconsistent. Like you look at her stats and it's 12 kills, no errors on Saturday, six errors, hits negative 200. And it's so frustrating at times, but when she's really good, this team is unbeatable. And when she struggles, that's why they're 5 and 3. It's kind of that emotional roller coaster you ride.
0: Yeah, and to add, there is a lot of parity in this league, but at least how it's gone so far and what we know from previous years, Campbell has played probably the toughest schedule in the conference and they are, and they are right there in the playoffs if uh, it ended today. So the schedule now breaks in Campbell's favor, five more series, 10 more matches, four of those series are against teams either tied or behind them in the standings Two against two of the bottom teams. Yeah. You
1: got You got to beat Hampton and AT. Yeah. So
0: you end the year with four matches that even in the big South
1: Campbell would go, those are four wins. No doubt. So you're sitting at nine wins. You probably need 10 or 11 to get into the playoffs. So, these next three weeks, Northeastern, obviously Charleston, and then uh, Hofstra coming up. God, they go to Hofstra in October. That's going to be yes. great. Halloween yeah. weekend
0: in, in upst- upstate New York. Well, both of uh, most of the conference championships are predetermined, usually by who won last year and certain things. So the conference tournament will be at Towson. Interesting for a couple of reasons, because Campbell has gone up there and played, and they have won Towson. So Campbell gets into those playoffs. And man, they're going to have all the confidence in the world, which is cool. And what I love too, there's an element of
1: finishing as a top seed, you're in position to host next year. So that Towson win, now the tie breaking scenarios are going to be awful. It's going to be so complicated because Campbell's one and one against Wilmington and one and one against Delaware. We'll be able
0: to break them down for you right here on Campbell And Call one five.
1: and one against Towson, right? So the seeding may get complicated the next three weeks, but yeah, it's nice to see him in person. And then, two, they're the right right now of the CAA teams. They're the one that's had the best success and yep. it's been hard in this league. And we've talked about that, but volleyball has shown and to Greg Goral's credit, they can compete in, in almost any mid-major conference and, and they're showing it this year.
0: Yeah. 1 PM coming up uh, this Saturday and Sunday. One of the calls Evan will be on. If you can't come and see it, go to flow sports. All right. Men's soccer team. You look at the record, you look where they are in the standings, you might think, okay, but but look, we've been telling you, they travel to Elon, which is a huge CAA matchup, 7 p.m. on Saturday on Flow Sports. If the Camels take down a last-place Elon team that is very down, things will look better and better for their chances to finish in the top six, qualify for the CAA tournament. They are right now in a five-way tie for the sixth and final spot. <laughs>
1: which right isn't there. that kind
0: of funny? Like, we talk about how many teams should get
1: into a conference tournament, well, when five of them are tied for the last team in, it, it sort of shows that's the perfect number. It, it creates urgency. It yes. creates a sense of earning points. You know, Campbell's had a tough luck with draws, two of them in the conference. No doubt. Including Delaware, who's right there with them in the standings. You're right, though. This Elon match, the women were so clutch last week, winning a match and earning a draw in the last moments. The men are in the same spot. They need three points. Because when you're at five and there's four or five other teams with you, you just got to get as many points as you can.
0: Yeah, they they have to get those points at Elon, which they should. And after that, William and Mary at home next week on homecoming, who they are tied with in the standings. Then they hit the road for their last match of the regular season at Monmouth, the team in fourth. So, again, everything is in Campbell's hands. They just have to go out and do it. Women's soccer that you mentioned. The women have a tougher path to qualify for the CAA tournament, but, again, the schedule moves in their favor. They're at winless Hampton. that Sunday at 1. You get three points there. Then that keeps their hopes alive, and we will kick off the homecoming festivities. This game is not streamed, so come on out and cheer them on. They'll take on Elon, a team around them in the standings Thursday at 7, and then, much like the men, if they can get these two wins against teams that they would be favored against for, Their postseason berth will most likely be decided at uh, at Monmouth on October 22nd at 1 p.m. a week earlier than the men. The difference here is, you know, the Campbell women can win out and still miss out on the playoffs because there's a lot of teams in front of them, but as you know, Evan, they've been playing a lot better, unbeaten their last three matches. You called one of those matches a big comeback win last week versus Drexel. Their biggest issue, and and
1: Jeff Gross had known this, was scoring goals, right? So five draws, they have one or less goals in those matches, right? When they're scoring, they're earning results. The tough part, to your point, Wilmington, who beat Campbell on the road, they're six points ahead. So to chase six points you know, you can be a mathematician here, but there's only three matches left. You need to get nine points. You need Wilmington to trip up a couple of times and get three points. I think four at the most, if you get in a weird tie-breaking scenario, but essentially this is a must win out scenario.
0: Yeah, you're right. Difference between that and the men, the men need to win. They probably can go to and one Even even drop a match, still get in. Campbell has to win out and get a little bit of help. But again, you look at their schedule, and again, it was a win and a tie, oh, by one goal. They have been so, so close for a rebuilding team. And believe it or not, the CAA tournament for the women begins in two weeks. It's it's played at the one and two seeds. Championship will be at the higher seed left. That's both the men's and women's side. Top two teams get a bye, and that's same for the men, which starts a week later. We'll throw cross country in there. It's almost fall playoff time trophies are going to be rewarded over the next month.
1: So the op the options right now in the women's set, which I find interesting, Towson, Hofstra, Monmouth. So you're thinking about travel scenarios, you go to Towson, who you played really well here at Eeks. Yeah. I mean that match, they lost the lead in the last 10 minutes, but that could have been a draw and Towson's really good. You have Northeastern that could slip up there and that was a three three draw here. A little tougher to play in Boston on that turf, obviously. And then the Monmouth Hofstra standpoint You haven't played Monmouth yet, but you'll have to beat Monmouth to get into the playoffs, so you may actually knock them out. You you really don't know where you're going if you get in.
0: Yeah, and, and what I really love about this, the men still have an outside chance to get a one or two seed. They would have to need some help for that, so probably no hosting for any of these teams. But these are both teams that have won trophies year after year after year. They know what it takes in a conference tournament to turn it on and to win, they would be going into these tournaments, quote-unquote, with nothing to lose as lower seeds. The pressure wouldn't be there, and the pressure is not And we've thing. seen
1: that with Presbyterian soccer. Yeah, That is how Presbyterian on the men's exactly. side has thrived. They've been Campbell's bugaboo in the Big South. I know High Point won the title last year, but PC is a team that spends a fifth of the budget of anybody. They always find a way to play defense, and they make it ugly. I don't know if that's Dustin Fonder's strategy, but in terms of being a team that can be doubted or not as trusted in the playoffs – you come in with that confidence, and I think volleyball is the same way, where they have been to finals no, no. as six seeds exactly. and seven seeds the last couple of years. They'll probably be in that lower third, three, four, five, six, not one, two. That's where you you get to play with a little bit of looseness and confidence.
0: Yeah, no doubt. I, I would like to see all three of those teams, obviously, in the conference tournament, but again, I would give those teams pretty good chance to make some noise as well if they if they get in again in this the first year in caa much tougher conference it would be an accomplishment just to get in the top six all right football no game this weekend and boy does it come at a perfect time i joked with campbell head coach mike minner you know this too because it doesn't help us that uh usually there would be buys at the end of the year really early this is nice because it comes at a time where everybody needs a break and for this football team they have been healthy for the most part knock on woods they had a couple of big losses on defense. But other than that, they've been very healthy. They can rest up and get some guys back. Uh, a couple of tough practices, but then off this weekend as well. And they're coming off a win. They won their third game on the road, which is something that has only happened one other time in this uh, the modern history of Campbell football. It was a red-hot Hampton team. They beat them 30-27 to 27 in a game that wasn't that close. After their defense gave up 49 points last week, their defense truly was big this week, forcing a couple of turnovers, propelling Campbell to win. Campbell had a three-score lead going into the fourth quarter, kind of sat on it, let them score, but not. One of the more impressive onside kicks I've ever seen, too, from but, Hampton. yeah, that, that, that's true. They didn't get the onside kick back, so a little bit, maybe too much, let them score a little bit, but again, Campbell had that game won going into the fourth fourth quarter and just well, a and good they closed, right? You everybody. think about Elon, they no didn't close. Yeah.
1: You think about William & Mary, they probably didn't start well enough to win. You think about some of the other losses. They've had good first halves, bad second. Outside of the pick in the first quarter for Hodge, he was locked in. Well,
0: and that's the thing, too. They overcome adversity a couple of times. It did not start well. It was raining. It wasn't supposed to rain. Williams threw a pick, and Campbell was down 7 nothing on the road. You thought, how would they respond? They responded great. They didn't come out of the halftime locker room playing great. Hampton tied the score up, and then they, and then they ran away with it. So I like two again. How are they going to respond from another tough loss? They responded really, really well. And it's interesting now. You look at the standings. Elon's three and zero, and we know the
1: difference between those two. It is who can execute better. Elon did for a half, and they won that game. You look at Delaware two and zero, and they have a winnable game this week. They'll probably be three and zero, and Delaware comes here for homecoming. Now we're not saying Campbell can win the league, but in terms of where they sort of sit in the conference. William and Mary at two and one, their loan loss is to Elon. They'll be a good team. Campbell's right up with the heavy hitters in this league, which means coming out of this buy, you need to take care of business. Yeah. You know, and homecoming is a big one. And and especially with how good Delaware is, you win that game, and we talk about statements and playoffs and and all that stuff. It really starts on homecoming. Now the good news, the camels are coming, the actual camels, the dromedary camels, the one humps. They're arriving for the street <laughs> fair and the whole thing. But then two all of a sudden, you get a winning record. You win on homecoming, which has been a bugaboo for this program in the past, and you're back in that playoff conversation, which would be huge for this program.
0: Yeah, it's it's you know to, to break it down even further, you got Maine at homecoming, 4 p.m. next Saturday, Campbell right now, two and two in the conference, three and three overall with four conference games left. They will play at North Carolina too, in a month, but they are eight of fifteen right now. You get into the top five, you're able to make it. Campbell most likely needs to go four and zero, but but here it is. You know, they'll play Maine next Saturday, 4 p.m. at homecoming. They're 1-5. At Richmond, that's a tough team, a FCS playoff team from a year ago, 2-1, and 3-3 three and three overall. You're going to be favored in that game. You talked about eighth-ranked Delaware. In the top ten for a reason, Delaware is great. They haven't beat a team with a winning record yet. They played a lot at home. Then you have A and T on the road. You've got to play very good in all these games to win. But Campbell on paper will be in favor at all. But the Delaware game, and I'll remind you, How Campbell went toe-to-toe with the top five team in the nation. They have shown that they can play with, quote-unquote, these ranked teams because of their offense. And I'm not as worried about
1: Campbell playing up to the good teams. I'm worried about how they play. And this Saturday with Maine is a great test. Maine has struggled.
0: Homecoming, though, is the thing that I think it's going to be a sellout, a packed stadium. I think that's where homecoming coming off the bye, I don't worry about that as much. Am I wrong? Should I be wrong, Evan?
1: Well, and the last two years have been better. We have won two of our last three homecomings. Oh,
0: you're going to bring up the fact that we lost 10 homecomings in a row, <laughs> some by ridiculously horrible fashion that me and you all got to watch. There was a bit of a homecoming <laughs> curse, and maybe COVID yeah, lifted really that was. curse. because we've How actually, many games in a row was
1: it? It was 10. We lost 10 in a row before COVID. Oh, my God. And then have actually won our last two yeah. since COVID. Now, part of that was scheduling. The Robert Morris, I, I, you know, wins. Actually, that wasn't homecoming. But, you know, we've been able to win two in a row since. So yeah. this is a new streak. It's called a winning streak. It has oh. happened before. Man.
0: Qu- quote from Major League. Oh, my gosh. You look at this offense now when you can take a breath and really dive deep. Malik Williams, Campbell's quarterback, in his fifth year, he is fourth in the country in passing right now, nearly 1,700 yards. More impressive than that. Second in completion percentage of 74%. More impressive than that that doesn't show up in the stats. Yeah. He is completed passes to 15 different receivers he does not have a Caleb Sneed he does not have a Julian Hill he has a bunch of really good receivers his talent it's never been deeper but he's not just going to one guy he's not just going to two guys he also has a running game and that's what makes this offense go
1: Where in years past the running game was Hodge running
0: yeah he and he doesn't have to be Superman and he doesn't run unless he has to and he can move around to make plays go. This is a really great offense, 10th in the country in scoring, top 20 in a bunch of other offensive categories. That's why you look at this schedule and say the defense, much like in the Hampton game, they don't have to be great. If they can just get a little better as this year goes on, if they can just keep the opponents to – under 25 points, you know, which is tough this day and age. They, they, they can win these games. And, and, make and, it and I'm player. a USC
1: Trojan fan, so Lincoln Riley has talked about this. USC has Caleb Williams, sort of in that Haj Malik era where he's one of the better quarterbacks at this right. level. And the defense, he said, pitches a 5 ERA. They are not going to give you the 10-win pitcher on the mound. They just keep you in the game. They don't make big mistakes. Now it's tough when our run defense has been exposed a touch. They played better against Hampton if that run defense can keep you in the game and you're getting two or three picks, now the turnovers is where our defense could really excel. You're right, because when you're scoring 40 and you're allowing 25 and not 35, you're going to win yeah. 80% of your games.
0: Yeah, the, the the running game depth as well. Campbell, in that game against Hampton, was without their first-string running back. Lamage McDowell had an injury. He should be back. But two and three, Rodgers and McKay, they combined – for over 200 years. Did you
1: catch the whole McKay's dad's Mike Minter's barber? By the way. Yes. Did that just like slide under the county seat radar? Because I know we we use the same barber, Terry Holder, down the street. Yeah. Here on Marshbank Street, but
0: all about you. I may
1: have to call. I may have to call <laughs> the McKay family and see if I can yeah. get a fresh Chris gun.
0: McKay Jr.'s father, Chris McKay Sr., is Mike Minter's barber, and has been. They talked about, hey, why didn't your son come on as a walk-on and now he is a third string back that again as we talked about in the show you can listen to the Camel Call Live podcast that uh, dropped earlier this week if you listen to the show he he could be starting at a lot of different places but he has come here bided his time and now it's a it's a deadly deadly offense also Campbell- lastly on Hodge if Campbell can stay in the top 25 they'd have to
1: win their next couple of games all of a sudden, you talk about the Walter Payton Award, which is the yeah. FCS version of the Heisman. He's got the
0: numbers, yeah. The
1: quarterback has won it seven straight years. It's it's a very quarterback-driven award right. at both the FBS and the FCS. This is his award to be in contention, yeah. right? And there was a year where Daniel Smith was in line for the Jerry Rice Award, which is the freshman of the year in the FCS.
0: Former Campbell player that transferred to Villanova.
1: And he was a four-year starter at Campbell under Dave Marsh, nickels and dimes, if you know what I'm saying, if you know, you know.
0: Former offensive coordinator and roommate of Evan Budrovich.
1: So, But with Hodge, if he puts up a 30, 35 touchdown season with running and throwing yeah. and keeps his interceptions low, which he has, and the team is ranked at the end of the year, then you have the formula to be a, yeah. a Heisman or, in this case, a Walter Payton Award winner.
0: Everything's in front of Campbell. Again, much like I've laid out to our other teams, volleyball's in a different category because they don't have to go on some winning streak. Yes, these teams have to win a lot of games. Campbell has to win a lot of games, but halfway through the season, it is still very much a possibility that Campbell could make their first ever FCS playoffs, which would be phenomenal in this, their first year in the CAA. Public service announcement about homecoming. Next week, we'll have a homecoming show. It'll be great. We'll be able to lay out everything that's going on. You can go online, campbell.edu. It'll tell you all of the events, both awesome stuff from the university side and from the sports side. But the game, 4 p.m. on Saturday. It will sell out. Right. If you walk up to the gate day of or even try to purchase tickets online day of, you will get standing room only. Evan Budrovich cannot get you a ticket to the homecoming game. And I've i am I cannot get <laughs> you a ticket to the homecoming game. I can't even get a camel to the ticket. No. They have to stand outside the gate. No. And so, give rides to fans. So, please, please, gocamels.com next week during regular business hours, one eight seven seven go humps Trevor, Aaron and the boys will uh, will be able to set you up. But if you wait around till about Thursday or Friday, you can get into the game, but you're probably going to have to You'll be stand. standing by the parking yes. lot. Yes, so definitely. This is a game which makes our homecoming so many things that we will gush because Evan and I both really like homecoming. And here, homecoming is very, very special. Um, but we will have camels, which is good. And we will have a good football team that is uh, playing another good football team main football only member of the caa i hope it's warmer than usual because the guys up in maine haven't seen some warm weather for a while and and that would be fun but get your tickets today hey good news forecast
1: 71 i mean we're we're like a week out but <laughs> yeah i see 71 all on right forecast.
0: all right i'll do it yeah it'd be nice if there wasn't a hurricane or tropical storm during a home game which it has been to the other home games evan have a great weekend i'm chris saying so long thanks for tuning in to camel call friday happy fall break